Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Reimagining Your Marketing Approach, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit more about our guest. Kathy Alessandra, also known as a Yes I Can coach, is a dynamic, innovative woman who inspires her clients and audiences into action. An entrepreneur for over 23 years, Kathy has owned and published two magazines and has two best-selling books on Amazon with her third book, Dare to Be You, set to release. Actually, I think that one has already released. Dare to Be You was released. It has. It has. <laughs> yes. So she coaches entrepreneurs around the country using her signature yes method and success system. Kathy's energetic style provides an interactive experience for business owners who want to take their business and life to the next level. She shares her expertise on topics ranging from marketing and networking to leadership and work-life balance. So, Kathy, thanks for joining me today. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate being here. Uh, no problem. Of course, we had a guest, uh, you as a guest in the past, which is probably why I started to say that it was going to be released. Uh, and since then, you have released your book. So congrats on that as well. Thank you very much. So for those who didn't catch our interview, which was quite a while ago, I believe that was actually September of last year. Can you just give a little bit more again about your history and how you began working with entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably need to update that bio. I've actually been an entrepreneur for over 25 years at this point, so oh. <laughs> clearly I need to do some updating, you know, or, or, or time gets past me. Right. But, um, yeah, you know, I started uh, over 25 years ago with, uh, with an idea that something I needed as a mother, I was looking for things to do with my kids. And um, there wasn't really a publication in my area that had a list of activities um, you know, a calendar of activities and things that were going on for families. And so, voila, I, uh, I took care of the need <laughs> and started to come my first company. And um, it was a magazine where basically my focus was, or a newsletter really, when I started it, the focus was to um, provide all kinds of um, calendar information for parents, for things to do in the immediate area, everything from story times to, um, you know, fun days in the park and those kinds of things. And again, it was born out of my own need, having three small children at that point. And it grew um, from a, a small copied newsletter um, to a full-color glossy magazine and um, 
number of kids expos around Southern California. Um, loads of fun. And then I started a magazine also for women entrepreneurs um, in 2011 called Today's Innovative Woman. And that was, you know, again, the same concept in the sense of finding and sharing with women entrepreneurs ideas and um, strategies and connecting people all in the world of entrepreneurship. So um, had those mag well had what's up for kids for about twenty years before I sold it in twenty fifteen, and uh, had been coaching women well entrepreneurs in general for years just as I kind of went along because I was helping them do some advertising in my magazines and then of course all the other ideas that came along with that, but I decided to sell the magazines and um, fully step into business coaching really helping mostly women entrepreneurs um, step into their greatness figure out you know what's the best way to to, to work it, what follows their passion, how they can integrate work life and a, um, a career life and really putting it all together to create that happy life. So, um, so that's kind of it in a, in a very quick nutshell, <laughs> but right. um, no, just love helping entrepreneurs really see that next step for themselves and, um, you know, grow their business, take it to that next level. Right. Well, someone who, you know, hadn't necessarily maybe thought of being an entrepreneur, but looked around and saw a need and said, hey, you know, maybe I should become an entrepreneur. What would you ta- say to someone now who's thinking, you know, maybe it's a, it's a good time for me to become an entrepreneur? What would you tell them in terms of if entrepreneurship is right for them? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Candy, because it's, you know, it's people, people who are not entrepreneurs tend to look at those who are and think, wow, how easy they've got it made. You know, they can <laughs> work from home easily and, you know, they set their own hours and they get all this right. And you and I both know that that's just not the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, quite frankly, there is nothing easy about it. But um, the joy and the, um, the feeling of satisfaction and success can be um, measurably different than if you're working for somebody else. I know right now, you know, there's a number of people who, uh, you know, may have been um, laid off or furloughed, uh, businesses have closed, and so there's a number of people who are looking at taking that entrepreneurial journey. And I would just caution somebody to caution and inspire somebody to, um, you know, give some serious thought to whether they have the, the, the time, the drive, the motivation um, to be able to take a business, you know, from start to finish, grow it, and make some good money doing it. And, um, you know, that does, that takes a minute to, to think about, you know, what it would really take from you and how you would really go ahead and get started with it. It's not, it's not the kind of thing where build it and they will come. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you build, right. you build it, and then you're pounding the pavement to get them to come, right? You know, to, right. to connect with people. So, um, yeah, so that's something definitely that people would want to consider, um, you know, in considering whether they really want to um, take that entrepreneurial journey. There, there certainly is financial risk involved because uh, the money is not going to start flowing immediately, most cases. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's one thing they really need to take into consideration, too, because that's what happens a lot of times why businesses fail within the first you know, year or two is not yep. realizing how much capital it's going to take to run their business or, you know, time and effort and other things, too. But that's one thing they really should think through, too. Not that we want to discourage entrepreneurship, but just go in with your eyes wide open and not thinking yep. that it's just going to be yep. simple. 
But and, um, and you know, that, there's, mm-hmm, there, go ahead. there's so many books that you can read. Um, you know, I would encourage you to even look at getting a mentor. You know, talk to somebody else mm-hmm. who is a business owner. It may not even be in your industry, but talk to an entrepreneur. Um, you know, and just just see if you can ha- sit down and have a conversation with them to understand really what it takes all the little fine pieces um, so that you can really explore in your heart whether it's the right move for you. Mm -hmm. Well, and for someone who's thought for maybe even for a while, maybe years even, oh, I'd love to be an entrepreneur someday. And now they're thinking this might be the time to begin because again, maybe they've been furloughed or, you know, they're just at home and they have time to start investing into a business. Like what Mm -hmm. would you say to someone to even help them figure out what the right business for them might be? Right. Okay. Good question. So, you know, there's a couple ways of looking at this, and and sometimes people think that they can just take their passion and make it a profitable. And yes, in some cases you can, mm-hmm. um, but you can also take um, a skill and make that into a profitable business. So mm-hmm. let's talk about looking at, you know, start with looking at our passion, you know, something that you are passionate about, and can you make it into a viable business? Um, you know, when you're looking at a hobby or you're looking at, um, you know, something that you love to do, whether it's um, bookkeeping or whether it's growing flowers or whether it's, you know, lots of different things, you know, sewing, those kinds of things. I mean, I'm just thinking of things off the top of my head that you're doing at home that maybe you um, are looking at, is there a way for me to turn my love of gardening into, you know, some sort of landscaping business? Mm-hmm. Is there a way for me to turn my love of cooking into teaching cooking classes or, you know, doing um, home catering or that kind of thing, right? Right. So, of course, you want to look at a, a bunch of the the basics when it comes to um, doing that kind of thing as far as, you know, what it's going to cost to get in, what your overhead expenses are going to be, um, of course, filing business licenses and insurance and all that kind of thing. Um, but then also looking at, you know, if you have been laid off or if you've been furloughed or business is closed, you know, what is a skill, a sellable skill that you maybe have been doing in your corporate career um, that you could turn into your own business? Maybe mm-hmm. you were working as an accountant or a bookkeeper for a firm and you, you know, you went out on your own. How many years has it been that you've had affordable bookkeeping and payroll? Uh, well, technically, I started home-based in 2002, and then in um, 2005, I opened an office and renamed my business. Okay. So, long time. But, I mean, it's you're taking that skill and honing it and then making it into a viable, profitable business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it really, you know, that there's, and, and it's not to say that, um, you know, your skill and your passion don't coincide. Um, but you know, if you're if you're going about it from the particularly from the passion side and making it a passion project, so that it does not become a hobby, <laughs> you know, really do some serious research on whether you have competitors, whether other people have founded a viable business, um, are there people out there who are making money doing what it is that you want to be doing? Um, and granted, you're going to be putting your own spin on it. You're going to be putting on your own personality into it. You're going to have your own unique way of providing that product or service. But um, but you definitely want to take a look and do some research, you know, just even on Google to see what other businesses are offering that type of, um, of business and selling that kind of thing. And um, are they making money doing it? And can mm-hmm. you make yourself unique and different enough to be able to do the same thing? Right. And sometimes it's 
what is someone telling you you should even turn into a business? Like I have a client that started many, many years ago um, because she just loved making, you know, cards and invitations and things for just her kids' birthday parties. And then people Mm -hmm. would say like, oh, you should do this someday, you know. And so she started doing that when her kids were young, just, you know, for fun. And, you know, she still is doing that today. So it might even be something that, you know, maybe you're baking cookies or brownies or stuff. And people just keep telling you like, oh, my gosh, these are so good. You should have a business, you know. So it might right. be something like exactly. that. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When you hear people talking like that, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Hint, hint. You know, this might be something right. that you could turn in. Again, it might be hard, you know, because you're going to have to get out there and market. And, you know, it's not just your friends and family, because if you want to have a viable business, you have to, you know, spread your wings. But if that's what people are telling you, it very well could be something that could become a very successful business. Right, right. You know, it's, I look at some of the um, the shifts that some business owners have made um, during this time, this pandemic time, right, when their business wasn't necessarily useful. So the one in particular I'm thinking of was a sewing school. And she has shifted her business to be making masks. So she's mm. sewing masks for families and that kind of thing. Or somebody who was doing, oh, get this, they were making doggy bandanas, and now they're sewing masks. So, you know, how can you take something that you are good at and something that you're already doing and um, and work it into? And like you said, if you hear people talking about, wow, those cookies are so good, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's art of some sort. Maybe it's painting or drawing or, you know, could you take that to, you know, note cards or like you were saying. So, um, yeah, listening, listening to the voices besides your own <laughs> can exactly. be a good thing, too. <laughs> So as someone is starting to, you know, think about their business, um, you know, we've talked before about having a mission and a vision. And first of all, I would mm-hmm. love for you just to give your definition of what is vision and what is mission, because I think people sometimes get those confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So vision, um, the way I see that is what do you see for the business? So, um, you know, what, what do you see the business as being? How, what's your big vision for it? Um, you know, where do you want to go? How do you see it um, forming? Where, you know, what kind of money are you trying to make with it? Um, what is your overall vision for the company? So when you really sit back and think, okay, you know, one of mine, um, you know, I have a, a, a group, um, a networking group that I put together. And for that, you know, the vision is a world where women are able to come together, standing together in brilliance of collaboration and community. So that's my big vision for the organization, right? So what do you see for the business is vision. When you're looking at mission, it's how do you plan to make a difference? Why do you exist? What differentiates you? Um, you know, what problem are you solving? So, um, for example, for that, the mission is to empower women entrepreneurs around the globe through conversation, collaboration, and community. So, again, it's looking at how you're going to do it, how are you going to make a difference, um, you know, what problem do you solve, why should people care, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the mission is something that you want to, you know, look at. So if you're looking for your own business, again, what's that big vision for your company? Is it to create a legacy? Is it to, um, you know, to serve women globally in, you know, whatever area, uh, you know, you're serving? Um, and then the mission, how are you going to make a difference? Why do you exist? What problem do you solve? Um, mm-hmm. Candy, do you have, I'm not, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a vision or a mission for, um, for your company? Actually, oh, yes, okay. I did. And I actually had 
you know, written it out and put out there even for my employees to kind of know what it is. And obviously my, my vision is really to be that go-to resource for my clients and, you know, even those who maybe aren't even necessarily our clients right now too, and just know that we can bring peace of mind to them, whether it's, you know, giving them the compliance services that they need, or if it's advisory work that we're helping them do to help them have a more successful business. But it's really to give my clients peace of mind and, you know, to be that resource that people know, like trust, you know, know that we are, you know, people of integrity and they can trust us, you know, especially people are concerned with finances to, you know, sometimes share that, but know that we're going to be there and be able to help them. And then, of course, the mission is just making sure that we are using, you know, all the um, things available to provide the services that they need and even helping them figure out what those are. Cause sometimes people come to us and think they need something, but don't realize other things that they need. Um, but it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've looked at the actual wording. I really should do that. Go back and look and see uh, what I've done. But I'd also heard that vision is more like thinking for the future as well. And um, mission is kind of now like current you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know, we have maybe like a minute left before commercial. So I don't know if you want to just touch on that, if there really is time based, you know, to those or if it's just because it's slightly different. I I don't see them as time based. Um, I do see them slightly different. I mean, there is, you know, when you look at your purpose, which maybe is a little more time based, you know, what is your purpose now? Um, you know, what what is it? How and how are you going to serve um, your your customers, your clients? Um, the community. So I would think that might have a little bit more to do with it. No, I hadn't. um, I've always looked, yes, vision is absolutely the big picture of the business. Um, And mission is really, I'd always heard, or, you know, what I teach is that it really is, you know, how you can make a difference, why people should care about what it is that you do, what differentiates you. um, Right. So go either way. All right. Well, it's actually time to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Kathy about what you need to know when becoming an entrepreneur. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Kathy Alessandra told us about her background and how she got into assisting entrepreneurs to help them have a successful business. Now let's continue our discussion about entrepreneurship. So, Kathy, I know we were talking a little bit about if someone wants to start a business, you know, what might they want to do in terms of their business? And we were throwing ideas out there. But are there certain products or services that are really best? Well, um, it kind of depends upon the, the business you're looking at starting. Um, but And whether it's a product or whether it's a service-based business. Um, you know, certainly a service-based business uh, can be much quicker to get to market if you have, um, you know, something where you're teaching or something where you're sharing, um, you know, uh, coaching or um, if you've got the accounting background, it can step into bookkeeping or, um, you know, a virtual assistant company if you're good at, you know, detail-oriented and getting things done. So those are the kinds of things where, you know, it's more of a, um, a service-based business and it's easier to get up things up and running more quickly. A product-based business, depending upon the product, you know, whether you need to get, um, uh, you know, trademarks or copyrights or um, patents or all those kinds of things can take a longer period of time um, to, you know, bring the business to fruition. However, with that said, you know, we have amazing products um, that were on the market, and they do take time, and they can make a lot of money if it's something that is not already out there and it's of need to consumers. So, you know, just something to consider. If you're looking to, you know, make an immediate switch here and a quick switch, um, you know, you're going to be wanting to look for something that's got that lowest hanging fruit. Right. What do I mean by lowest hanging fruit? I mean, what are the things that can generate income quickly for you? So mm-hmm. um, if you're, you know, looking for something on, um, well, when you're looking at pricing your products or, or services, excuse me, and what that lowest hanging fruit is, you're going to look for something that what can you create that would be something to get out immediately that's at a very affordable price point that's going to encourage people to give you a try to experience your service or your product. Um, what's that next level then when you look up, you know, that's a higher price um, that's going to be a little bit more of a stretch for somebody to make, but maybe they've bought that lower price item, and so now they're actually able to um, invest with you a little bit more uh, in, in a deeper relationship on whatever that service is. Um, and then, of course, the high-end product, or I'm sorry, high-end services. Um, so that's going to be, you know, something that's certainly a stretch for most people to make, but for those who really need it, um, it's the kind of service that is indispensable to them. So in knowing you for as many years as I've known you, Candy, I know, <laughs> you know, we'll just, right? I mean, let's just Take some of your things, for example, right? I mean, you've got, and and help me out here, right? You've got general bookkeeping, Mm -hmm. which, in my opinion, is is pretty much a necessity for anybody in business. You should not be doing your own books. You need to hire somebody who's a professional, (laughs) unless unless you're a professional, right? 
So, you know, you've got the basic services, correct? I would right. imagine you've got a basic package and a basic services. But mm-hmm. now if somebody has a business where they're, you know, have employees and they might have um, payroll and they need to be thinking about workers' comp and there's that whole other level. Well, then there's that next uh, level of service that you provide, right? So it's, right. it's not the basic must-have. It's that next thing for the serious entrepreneur who's really taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then I know at one point, and I'm not sure if you still offered or not, but um, you had one, uh, I think it's with you meeting, actually, where you're looking through the budget and you're seeing what's next. And, um, you know, almost more of a, um, a the CFO role it's, for somebody, mm-hmm. right? To, to yeah, really I'm calling it advisory services, you know, like profit and growth, looking at those types of things and, and being yeah. that trusted advisor, not just like historical after things happen, but it's really helping plan for the future as well. So yes, that's available too. Exactly. Exactly. So you see, you've got your low hanging fruit, which is the must have bookkeeping, right? And then the Mm -hmm. a couple other levels for somebody to step into. So when you're really looking at starting your business, what is that low hanging fruit for you? What is it that you can put out there immediately as a service um, to be able to, uh, you know, start building a client base, building, attracting some new customers, um, you know, and that goes for products too. I mean, it's, if you're looking at doing some sort of, I mean, I'm referring to the woman who does, it was sewing the masks, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a different, that's, that's definitely a low-hanging fruit item, right? right? You know, 15, 20 bucks. Um, but what would be that next level for her, you know, is it, I don't know, what what the next level of sewing would be or, or not the next product that she could create for somebody. But um, maybe it's a whole week's worth of different masks. I'm, you know, I'm just, but, but mm-hmm. look, really look and see, you know, what is it that you can, particularly for services, and again, that's going to be the easiest, fastest thing for you to get to market and to be able to start making some money on immediately. Right. Just well, I think sense. one thing to think about now, too, that I don't think we've ever really had to think through before, though, is, in the past, it was kind of the market that determined businesses that were successful or not successful too. But now with COVID-19, the government has said who is essential and who is not, right? Yeah. So all the people yeah. who were considered non-essential, which of course they would argue that's not the case, right? It's essential to be able to get certain things that you know the government deemed non-essential, but that's a whole nother thing to even think about when starting a business mm-hmm. is, you know, would I be able to operate if I started this business? Right, right. That's a great point. You know, I mean, it, it very seriously. I mean, you look at the number of businesses, uh, restaurants, um, you know, personal care services whose mm-hmm. doors were shut overnight. Right. Overnight. And so, you know, were they in a position or did they have something else that they could offer or they could sell, um, you know, to those same clients? And most of them know, you know, I mean, it was, it, we're in unprecedented times, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're looking at that and you're looking at creating a, a business, you know, making sure that it's sustainable um, under even the most extreme, um, you know, circumstances. So, mm-hmm. you know, your doors didn't shut. You were in essential service for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a great thing to consider is, um, you know, how can you continue working through even, you know, when times are like this and who knows, you know, what the future will look like with that. Right. So on this topic, of course, too, of, you know, being able to start quickly and all of that, a lot of things that go into play are around finances, too. So I would love to really get Mm -hmm. your feedback on, you know, does someone need working capital to start their business? What would you talk about, you know, for someone who wants to start out fresh and new, you know, what would be your recommendation? Right, right. 
Well, some of that's going to depend upon um, the type of business um, that you are starting. In general, um, you know, I would suggest at this point, uh, you know, well, there are some SBA loans and some other things that are going on right now, but I would truly suggest um, the idea of starting something where your expenses uh, and your startup costs are minimal, really Mm -hmm. minimal. Um, You know, there's things that you need to consider, and you might want to speak to, you know, a business attorney, um, about whether you need an LLC or whether a sole proprietorship works. Um, you know, you may want to talk to that essential accountant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't stress that enough. As somebody being in business for 25 years, all the years I tried to do it myself. No, no, no. Um, you know, what kinds of things do you need to put in place? So there's things that you're, you know, are, are no, obviously that you're not going to be able to get around. Um, you know, those kinds of expenses in your business, a, a computer, you know, so much can be done from home right now, so you don't really need off well. <laughs> We can't even have office space or it's mm-hmm. limited right now, right? So how can you right. keep your expenses down so that you do not have a lot of startup costs so that you can just bootstrap it? So that basically right. you take, you know, you, you sit down with your financial advisor um, or your significant other, you know, depending upon, you know, what your situation is financially and look at it, you know, what can you afford to lose? Right. That was kind of it, right? Point. Yeah, it's good what to say that. What can you afford to lose, right? <laughs> you know, good point. Right. Yep. And because if you start think, the business and it, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think too, back to the point when we were talking about products and services, this is where if you can have a service, it's less costly just to get in, right? If you're going to have a product, yeah. there's a lot that goes into, you know, starting that business. So if there is some type of service that you can come up with and people are more used to the fact that people are working from home now. So it's not a big deal mm-hmm. if you don't have an office space or, you know, all of those things. You, if you're working from home, you can still, you know, do your job and serve the customer. And I think customers are now seeing that too, where a lot of them used to think they had to come to you. And now people are realizing, you know what, they can still do it, even if we're not in the same room. So I think, you know, like you said, those are kind of things to be able to take into consideration. Absolutely. I mean, I was talking to, funny enough, two different clients that are both uh, um, organizers this morning, and they both took their businesses to virtual organizing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, that's a, that's a low, you know, there's the, the bar to get in is very low as far as, um, unless you're going to become a certified professional organizer and go through some of the, the classes and, and all of the certification process, right? But, um, you know, it's basically a computer with a Zoom account, um, you know, and then some money that needs to be spent on marketing and getting the word out. But that, you know, you can decide whether you want to go all in or whether you're wanting to kind of dip your toe in and do some marketing and you can do some of that with, um, influencers and family and friends, uh, you know, to help spread the word too. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's really taking a look at, you know, starting with, okay, here's what the monthly expenses would look like if I had the business. You know, there's all these, you know, if you're going to have an email newsletter, you need some sort of system that does that. You need some sort of database. You need, you know, a few things that would be regular monthly expenses, um, not to mention the immediate startup expense, like, mm-hmm. you know, a laptop or whatever. Um, and then can you afford to lose, you know, what is that dollar amount? So that, because it is a risk. You're putting right. it out there, you're starting something that's unknown, and there is a risk. So don't put mm-hmm. your last penny of savings. Right. That, I mean, that would be my... <laughs> right. I'm not a financial advisor, but um, but, you know... Uh, mm-hmm. take the risk responsibly. 
Right. And like I said, I think what I often tell people, too, is when you come up with a plan and you're looking at a budget that you've created for this new business, um, then really look at the income that you've estimated. And I say decrease it. I usually say decrease it by 50 percent. And actually, if you do better, great, but at least decrease it. Then look at those expenses and you probably have forgotten expenses or underestimated them. So you probably should double them. Right. So in the difference, Mm -hmm. by the time you've done that, like it's your budget looks completely different. But if you do that and you end up actually having more income or less expenses, you're better off than what your plan was, but it's much better than having it the other way around. And, you know, your plan was just way too, you know, rosy, you know, and that's not the the case. So I think that's really important because, again, not having enough cash to operate is really what puts businesses out, especially in the first couple of years when people are starting up because they need to have income to live off of and, and other things. If they're depending just on the business to do it, it probably isn't going to happen as quickly as they think. doesn't mean it wouldn't, but generally speaking, it takes longer than expected. Right, right. Absolutely. Agreed. So I know you started to touch on, you know, things that they might need. I know you mentioned having a database and sending out a newsletter, but I'd really love to touch on marketing and really what kind of marketing should they be done? You know, how much does marketing cost in general? You know, really, what should they be doing to get the word out about mm-hmm. their business? Right. Okay. So what you're going to, you know, when somebody's starting a business, there's going to be a few things that you're going to want to, you know, very seriously look at. And one, first of all, would, uh, you know, get that URL, your domain name for your business, uh, whether you're going to build a website immediately or not. But make sure, I mean, that kind of goes all along with the idea of planning a business and naming a business and branding a business is making sure you have a, a, a URL that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. But with that said, um, the idea of having some sort of website presence is is important. You know, if nothing else, it is a um, credi- credibility builder. Uh, you know, if somebody hears about your new business, you know, they're going to, or they may Google it and see what's going to come up. And so, um, you know, looking to create some sort of presence on a website would definitely be something important. Now you can do it where you spend a lot of money, Mm. um, you know, with a web developer, but there's also things that you can do that are very easy to use. Um, GoDaddy has a, a website builder uh, within their system, you know, when you buy a domain name there, you've got places like Squarespace and Wix, which are, you know, website builders that are super easy for anybody to, you know, if you, you basically know how to navigate around a Word doc or post to social media, you can figure this out because it's a lot of drag and drop. Um, right. And it's fairly inexpensive, a few hundred dollars um, even for the year for having a website uh, on someplace like that. So, and again, it doesn't have to be Extensive, not a lot of pages, but at least having some sort of presence. Um, So I would recommend that. Um, The other things you're going to want to think about are, um, you know, social media. Social media is a great way to really connect with people far and wide, um, people you know and people you don't know. So, and that, you know, costs nothing, right? Social media, you can be on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and now TikTok and, you know, Mm -hmm. all these various platforms. But again, you're going to want to look and see where is your target market playing? Where are they spending their time? Are they, um, you know, millennials and they're on, you know, Instagram or one of those kinds of places or, you know, again, you're going to want to look and see where your people are playing, but at least it's free. There's no cost. Right. Um, 
you want to reach out to, um, and when you're on social media, you know, reach out to friends and family, asking them to, you know, help promote, right? I mean, if people believe in your product, and service and what it is you're doing, asking them to share that with their mm-hmm. friends and family, um, reaching out to influencers. Uh, you know, there's some influencer marketing, depending upon what it is, where, you know, some of them are looking to be paid to do it. But there's others who have followings. If it's a product or service that, um, that they've used and they're interested in and they want to help promote it, they very well may be willing to share about it on their social media channels or in a blog post or a photo or something um, to be able to help spread the word to their followers, which will in turn bring followers and potential buyers and prospects to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, other other things you want to think about are, um, you know, if you're going to be writing any articles, any blog posts, um, you know, on your website, if you're going to do any sort of email newsletter, uh, you know, any emails to prospective uh, potential or current clients so that you're staying top of mind, so that you're staying relevant, um, uh, you know, participate well, events, we don't really have those going on at the moment, but right. there's plenty of, plenty of, you know, online things too, right? Mm-hmm. So having a presence in some of those, getting involved in potentially some networking organizations um, or, you know, looking at meetups, finding groups in meetups that, um, you know, are either entrepreneurial or happen to be on the topic of what it is your um, service might provide. So, um, you know, marketing can be done in a, a number of ways, and um, some of it can be, you know, free to very inexpensive, um, but you definitely need to think about that overall marketing strategy and a plan so that, you know, when you launch your new business, it's not launched and loses steam. You know, the, the launch of the business with your marketing is really the first step. Mm-hmm. I know that yep. sounds hard to believe when you when you've done everything else. It feels like okay, I'm launched. You know that there there you go. Build it, and they will come. And you think okay, now the cash switches, and that's that's really that's the first step. Getting out there, getting it done. Well, you've done all this work, and you feel like now's the time to take a a, a back seat and let it do it. Let it do it thing. It's thing. No, that that's when things really ramp up, and you've got to be out consistently um, in a variety of ways. Consistency is what brings in the cash. Yep, that's so true. And actually, this has been great information, but it's time to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Kathy Alessandra, the Yes, I Can coach, about what you need to know when beginning your business. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. 
Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Kathy, Alice, Kathy Alessandra, the Yes I Can coach. Let's find out a bit more about what you need to know when you're becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, so, Kathy, actually, in the last segment, we were talking about like the websites and email and things like that, too. And um, one of the things that I wanted to point out, too, is when you have an email that is associated with your website, you know, it does look more professional and people do kind of trust a little bit more than, you know, like mm-hmm. Kathy at Yahoo.com or at Gmail.com or something like that. So I would love to get your feedback as well on what you think if someone really can't afford, you know, a website or something right now too, what do you recommend in terms of having that email set up? So I completely agree with you. I don't know about you, but when I look in and somebody has reached out to me on a professional level and it's coming from a Gmail address, it just kind of goes to the bottom of the pile for me as far as credibility facts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a URL, a domain name, you can get for as little as I've seen sales, like at seven ninety nine. you know, on GoDaddy.com. Um, you know, and, and then you're able to get, uh, you know, get email that would go with that, um, with that domain name that would be very inexpensive. So that mm-hmm. is something I would, I mean, if you, if you want your prospects and clients to take you seriously, there are a few things that you need to invest in, in general. And, um, certainly that would, um, you know, that'd be like showing up to a business meeting in a sweatshirt. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, or, you know, mm-hmm. je- jeans and a t-shirt. I mean, in my mind, in my personal opinion. Um, I think it's important. Um, I, you know, you can use a Gmail, and I know it'll pull everything in, so to make it easier for you instead of Outlook or whatever. But I do feel that having a an email with your business domain is important for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree too. I mean, I started out with you know um, actually a Hotmail uh, account, which was okay. You know, when I first started, okay, there you go. But yes, I you know f- as soon as I could, I ended up moving to an actual domain based email. And I think when I ended up doing that too, was going back to when you were talking about websites and those easy templates, the very first website I ever had, my husband was so sweet. And like the night before Mother's Day decided he was going to give me a a website for my business and put it all together and um, put that out. And it was great, you know, to have a website. But I forgot how soon after he did that, someone actually stole my whole concept of the 
the email or the website got a name very similar to my name. So they were marketing and it all looked just like mine. And finally, I was really mad. Right? And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm well, someone to just create one for my company. And that's when I ended up upgrading. And, you know, and then since then, of course, I've upgraded a couple more times because I, like I said, I've been in business with affordable bookkeeping since 2005. But um, right. I was just like, whoa, I really didn't like that at all. But finally, now I have the abmp.com. And of course, to me, it does seem a bit more professional too. But it's hard. I know when you're first starting out to think about what am I going to spend, you know, my money on. Um, But starting out with that basic website template probably is good enough to start at first. Mm -hmm. But just be careful because you never know what someone might do. (laughs) They might like your stuff. (laughs) They might really like that. So... But I would love to talk about, too, when someone is, you know, starting their business, you know, do they need to have any team members or not? And it could be employees or just other people who are helping them in the company. So I would love you to touch on what kind of team members do they really need to have when they start a company? Right. Okay. So, again, some of it's going to look, you know, look at what kind of business you're looking at starting and, um, you know, what all you need to take into consideration. Um, In my humble opinion, you know, starting a business by yourself um, and having people come on in a a contractor um, type of relationship, um, you know, while you're getting things going and making sure it's a viable business, I mean, things that you need, I mean, you definitely need to be talking to a business lawyer to start with. Um, you know, finding out, do you need to get an LLC? Can you do it as a sole proprietor? What are your risks? What are your rewards? Um, and a business attorney is going to be able to help you with that. So obviously that's not somebody you have as an employee, but that's, you know, somebody you need on your team. Um, an accountant, you know, an accountant is another person that you need on your team, accountant, a bookkeeper, CPA, um, you know, so that your finances are set up right the first time, that um, that you're able to track everything. So when tax time comes, you know, you're able to take what you can um, and make sure that everything is really set up correctly. Um, you know, as far as getting help administratively, um, you know, thank goodness for the invention of virtual assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 10 years or whatever, right? So there's many people, um, many different companies out there that offer virtual assistance help. And a virtual assistant is somebody who can, you know, do your email newsletter or they can help you with social media or they can help you get your social media accounts set up online. Um, and you're paying them on an hourly basis. Sometimes, you know, there's a minimum contract. Sometimes there's not. They're not an employee, so you're not paying any of the, the tax, the payroll tax and everything, you know, the insurance and everything that goes along with that, but you've got help, right? You've got help. Um, mm-hmm. In my first business, I didn't have an employee come on until, I don't know, 15, yeah, about 10 years into it, I guess, 10 or 12 years into it. And then I had one employee, but I always had team members around me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so looking at, you know, what your business is and what kind of team members do you need? Um, you know, do you have somebody who needs to be doing sales? Do you have somebody who needs to be doing customer service? Um, a website, you know, some sort of website developer? Do you have somebody on your team who can help you with that? Again, it's going to partly depend upon what your needs are and what kind of business you're creating. But certainly the, um, the main pieces would be, you know, a business lawyer to start, some, somebody for the financial piece, um, and then a virtual assistant is a great way to, um, to get things done without a huge expense. Right. And I do want to add a little like 
asterisk to the when you said contractors too I want to make sure that people understand the rules Uh, especially in California we're probably one of the most strict states but if the person is going to be doing the work of your industry you cannot have them as a contractor you must put them on as an employee Um, and there's some other like guidelines around that but I just want to be very clear on that so people don't get themselves into trouble Um, but if you have someone you've hired to do a website and you're not in website development that's fine you know they don't have to be employees but I just want to make sure if anyone's thinking of like you know if they're baking and they hire someone to help with the baking they have to be an employee if you're in a baking company and you hire a virtual assistant that's a whole nother thing so um, we've actually got information on that topic as well if anyone needs more uh, information on who would be an employee or not let us know but I just wanted to make sure we touched on that too so they didn't get themselves into a sticky situation absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know on that line one of the one other thing that somebody should really seriously consider about having on their team is either a mentor or a business coach Mm-hmm. When you were starting off, you know, I realized that, that, and that's why I'm saying mentor, which a lot of times mentors will do it, depending upon, you know, who you know, and if they're in business, you know, if, if they're in the same type of business, even better. But really look for somebody who can help guide you in this and somebody that you can talk to about your ideas, um, mm-hmm. you know, who has no vested interest in it, so they can really be, um, you know, strategic with you. Right. And I think there's a concept sometimes out there, especially if someone is maybe thinking of starting a business and they don't really know, you know, how other people work that, oh, I can't go to someone in my same industry because they're my competition or they would see me as their competition. Uh, But obviously Mm -hmm. that's, you know, most of the time that's not the case where if you were to go to someone and say, hey, I'm interested in starting a business in this industry, you know, would you share some tips with me? Most of the time people will, right? Because, maybe they serve a different client anyway, or they're at a level where you could actually help with some of the clients they no longer serve, you know, or things like that. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to approach someone who's in your industry, you know, and see, I mean, they might say no because they're busy or they have other things going on too, but what's the worst that can happen if you ask, right? They could say no, but generally don't fear the competition per se. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So I would just love to hear, you know, we didn't really, uh, I didn't warn you that I was going to do this either, but I would love to hear maybe some of the challenges that you faced when you were becoming an entrepreneur, because I know you said you (laughs) saw a need and you thought, oh, you know, I'm going to start this business, but I would love to hear so someone can also hear some of the challenges you've had to overcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, one one of the big things when I started 25 years ago, I had little kids. And yes, I, I started my business based on a need in my community and I decided to fulfill that. But I also did not fully step into the idea of being the CEO of my business. So um, time management <laughs> was uh, something, especially with little kids, I mean, literally one that was born during this, um, you know, and not putting those boundaries in place from the start. So, you know, that I had working hours, these were the specific hours I was working, and, um, you know, even though it was at home, even though maybe my kids were at preschool or whatever, um, they were boundaries that I needed to put into place. And once I did put them into place, people didn't understand, they had a harder time understanding why I um, wasn't available because I had, you know, or, or, you know, saw it as an excuse because I had not put those boundaries in place from the very beginning. So understand the kind of time you're going to, you know, that it's going to take and what you're willing to, you know, where you're willing to put that boundary in and then stick with it. And that's right from the start. 
Um, you know, and getting clear on your, your commitments versus your obligations, too. What are the things that you're really committed to? Is it growing your business? Is it, you know, finding balance or integration between family time and business time? Um, you know, is it, well, whatever it is for you, really understanding that. So the things that you're super committed to, um, you know, and taking your business to that next level or starting your business, that that is, you know, it becomes a non-negotiable. And, um, you know, the obligations that you're feeling guilty about saying no to because of it, learn how to say no gracefully and, and move on. It's all good. So that was, that was something that I had some challenges with. And then, you know, even just understanding um, the financial pieces. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I alluded to the fact that I had done my own books in the beginning, right? And, right. Um, you know, that, I, that is not my area of brilliance by far. I can look at the numbers now, and I understand them, and I know what I'm looking for, but actually keeping up on that. So hire in the areas that are not your brilliance so that you can stay focused on the things that make you money. Great tip. Right? I, well, we're <laughs> actually at the end of the show, Kathy, and I want to give you the chance okay. to share your offer. So if you could tell us what you have to offer and how can listeners connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody goes to my website, kathyalessandra.com, and under the contact button, there's a thing that says um, free call or schedule a call. And I have a 30-minute um, free yes strategy call. We can either talk about, you know, integrating life and business, or if you want me to look at and uh, do a marketing assessment for what you already have, or discuss your idea to see if it might be viable. Um, again, it's free 30 minutes with me as your business coach to really kind of get down and dirty and see what will work and what might not. Perfect. And if they want to connect with you, where would they find you? KathyAlessandra.com. And that's Kathy with a C, and it's Alessandra, A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A.com. And any social media you want to share? Oh, you bet. I'm on Facebook is Kathy Alessandra. Instagram is Kathy Alessandra. Twitter is Kathy Alessandra. <laughs> you can Google Kathy Alessandra and the first five pages of Google will show up on all the different platforms. I've got a YouTube channel as well with all kinds of um, tip videos uh, for marketing and business purposes. So I'd love to connect with any of you at all of those places. Great. Well, thank you, Kathy, for joining me today. I really appreciate your being my guest. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in with us today. I hope you found this topic interesting and it answered some questions about what to think about and do if you want to become an entrepreneur. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Kathy at any of the links she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abnp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Tune in next week as we discuss another important topic, and I hope you can join us as we always have great guests and information to help you be successful. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website is www.abandp.com. And again, you can find us uh, and all these links to my business on the Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. 
Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week. 